This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned in to the show that explores the narratives of historical landmarks and places in the Klang Valley. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Chinwu Stadium. Despite being surrounded by the more glamorous venues in the form of Stadium Merdeka and Stadium Nasional, Chinwu Stadium has an interesting legacy of its own. It was the first stadium to be built in the area before those two iconic monuments and set the tone for the area to be a sporting location of sorts. Chinwu Stadium might be the oldest, but it has definitely stood the test of time and has stayed pretty relevant to the community, whether as a sporting complex for recreational purposes or as a venue for various non-sporting events. Heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa joins me in this episode to talk about this lesser-known stadium located on top of a hill. Well, um, actually it is very well known for, I suppose, some people. But you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't have the wide national appeal that Stadium Merdeka and Stadium Nagara have. Um, you know, they're, they're all located on Pataling Hill, Bukit Pataling, and that's the name of the hill. And, and you know, KL is full of hills in valleys, right? Um, right on the edge of uh, what we refer to as Chinatown, which is part of the old, you know, the original sort of city of KL. And um, it was there before the other two more famous, uh, as you call them, more well-known stadium. Uh, not that many years before, but certainly, you know, um, post the Second World War, 1950s, early 1950s. Um, and it's an athletic stadium, so really, it's it well, it's an indoor stadium. If you think about Stadium Merdeka as an indoor stadium, this is an indoor stadium. Uh, but it had a, it has a swimming pool, which was um, which came about a little bit just about a year later than it was originally. Uh, the, the stadium itself was was built, but the stadium is kind of like almost a complex of, of a sporting complex. It's not just a stadium, you know. It's a sporting complex um, that has a, a main sort of like sports hall, arena, um, many different sort of multiple use um, hall which, um, you know, could take badminton and basketball, but it could also be used for concerts because it has a stage at one end. And just, I want to ask you a question. So when you first saw it, when you first went there, what was the first thing that struck you about it? Honestly, it reminded me of um, school halls for some weird reason. Only because of that stage. Yeah, you mentioned the stage, right? So the stage is towards the end. Uh, what separates it from, I guess, a typical school hall is that um, it has seating area on, on the sides, right? Yeah, but um, I remember yeah, standing in front of a stage where it's essentially a badminton court to some extent and it reminded me of, of school for some weird reason. And it's, it's very rustic but at the same time, still pretty... Well, it's 70 it. years old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if, you think, if you think about it, it was opened in 1953. So, you know, it's uh, we're 2022, almost 2023. So we are, you know, it's coming to uh, 70 years old, which is a good age and as you said it 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 looks pretty much as it was ever originally um built right i mean you don't you don't see 
many new um, within the building itself, within the complex itself. You don't see things which you go, oh, this is new. Oh, they've added this. Oh, they've changed. You know what I mean? You, you, you. What you see in terms of the features are pretty much what you would expect would have been put there in the 1950s. Mm. But um, yeah, it's much bigger than a school hall. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the stage is higher. You know, it's a much bigger space. I think there's several um, badminton courts and, um, you know, sizes wise. And there is seating, as you say, kind of like um, tiered seating, you know, at the sides and then a flat surface, which is where the courts are. Um, and the building is, when when you first approach it, you think it's a round building, right? I mean, you, you see the front of it. Correct, yeah. It's like, it's as if it's a round, but actually it's kind of really an oval shaped building because when you go in to this hall that you're, you're, you're talking about, um, you see it's really pretty long. And, but the building, so the building itself is quite oval in shape. And when you first approach it from the car park or when you first go up the hill and see it, it looks like a relatively modest um, building. It doesn't look very big until you actually go in. It doesn't look very high or tall until you actually go in. You kind of like, you know, understand the monumentality of, let's say, that main uh, room, that main uh, sporting hall uh, where, you know, the roof uh, and the ceiling goes up, you know, like three stories. Um, but it's, um, so it is, it's quite grand in that sense once, once you enter and, and think about it in... I mean, 1953, what else was there in the area that was large like this? I mean, when, you know, when it first came about, really nothing was large in, in that sense. And, and the swimming pool, which you, you say you haven't seen? Yeah, I still haven't seen it. I've been there multiple times, but uh, mostly for non-sporting events. And I've yet to have access to it. I don't know whether it's allowed for, for normal public. Though. I think Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, but it's on a, on a, you have to go out and, above and it's a it's a it's an olympic size pool um you know so so what else is distinctive about the building i mean physically i think you know is is that that entrance as you as you approach it you see this what looks like a two-story um structure it really is sort of i suppose about three stories uh four stories high um but you don't really it, it isn't dominating it isn't like sort of um you know imposing itself on you and you have this really quite interesting just sort of what appears to be part of a circular um face you know like a round face right as you enter and then you 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 go in and then you enter the hall you approach the hall um and then there are some stairs you know to the right and the left that you can get to the other levels including and then you can go up to the swimming pool but there is also a clock tower. I don't know whether you remember that there's a clock tower. Do you ever? Where is it? Is it? See, well, <laughs> yes. You see, so so as part of the complex that was built, hmm. there is this clock tower that that uh, is, um, which you can see from if you're at the swimming pool level, uh, which you can see, and used to dominate the the skyscape of of KL in the days before the skyscraper. So imagine when it was built in 1953. You had the Sultan Samad building with the clock tower there. Um, most of the other buildings, you know, you had things which might have gone up to 
for six stories, maybe six stories, seven stories. Uh, but they weren't very much higher than that. The tallest things would be things like minarets or buildings that were on top of elevated, you know, like Carcosa and all of that, which you could see because if you were at a lower level, you know, they were there at the tops of the hills, right? The residency, uh, which is where, you know, the prime minister, I mean, where Tungkap Raman lived. And uh, so some of these buildings, and then you have uh, Chinwu with its clock tower, which really very much dominated a landscape um, in a city, in a town that was not very, didn't have that many high rises, but also because it's on a hill, it is a very dominant feature. And in the 1960s, way before you were born, and I think even in the 1970s, it was very much known. I mean, that there was one thing which if you talk to old people like me, uh, and people who kind of grew up in KL, the, there was this logo on top of the clock tower that, that was, so everybody referred to it as, as, the, as the green spot building. You know, green spot, the drink, the, the, the non-carbonated. Exactly, you're looking puzzled. <laughs> imagine, imagine green spot. It's not a, it's not a, a popular, it's still around, but Is it's it? not, some, yeah, yeah. But it's not something that, uh, you know, is sort of like the the, the Coca-Colas or the Pepsi-Colas or the 7-Ups and Sprites that, that you have that are prevalent. Uh, but it is a brand. And um, there was this big logo on top of the clock tower um, that at night would, would shine uh, and said green spot. So we all knew it as the green spot building. Um, you know, before we even thought about it as Chinwu Association or Chin, the Chinwu Building and the Chinwu Stadium really is, is an athletic kind of complex, a complex for athletics, for Chinese athletics activities. Wushu, I think, was one of the things that, that it was very much associated with, the martial arts. Correct. Meaning that what, did they actually practice Wushu there or other I think they arts? still do. <laughs> yes. So, so you know, it, it, it's kind of like you have an association, you have members. Um, it's a membership, you know, like a sports club, right? Mm. You can join as a member if you, 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 you join the association, you can sign up, you can subscribe to their activities. Uh, but, you know, as you, you, you said, you went to a wrestling event there, you know, um, I consider that kind of, I know you say entertainment, but it's it, it, technically it's a sport as well. It's very physical um, and you have to train. And um, But I suppose you would know a lot of uh, people would know it because of badminton, because of um, as a facility, an indoor facility for badminton, for basketball, and uh, because of the pool for swimming. And then there's the Wushu and there's some other uh, association activities, you know, Chinese cultural dance, performance, line dance, training. Um, and so it is really a very active um, complex with many different people using it. And the hall uh, is very often rented out for um, larger scale events uh, right on the edge of Chinatown. Um, and right on the edge of the city and well accessed, I think, um, except you have to climb about 200 meters going uphill, yeah, <laughs> from a flatter land. So it's a bit of a walk. 
Yeah, I actually do kind of enjoy the, the 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 climb a bit, like because because especially because you don't really see the, the yeah, you have to kind of go around yeah. the corner, right? And Correct. then all of a sudden you see it, right? You, yeah, it's not a direct, it's not a direct approach, so it's quite kind of nice actually. And when you're there and you're at the swimming pool level, you can act, you're really quite elevated. You can look down and around um, at, um, and even from the car park, you can see Pataling Street, Southern Street, you know, the Chinatown area. You can look toward the Padang. A lot of it is quite masked, I think, nowadays by, you know, the splinter of taller buildings in the way, but in between. But, you know, on the whole, uh, you can still see the form of the original old town from there. Um, so yeah, it, it's quite a cool um, place, which is very active. And so while a lot of people kind of have gone there, they don't really sort of think about it as a stadium, like you think about like uh, Stadium Radeka and Stadium Nagara, you know, you, you, you don't, so unless you are used to, or you are associated somehow with um athletics or chinese athletics or 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 martial arts uh, training um or you belong to the community that that lives or, or works around that area uh, which is now a little uh you know there's a lot of development work going on around that with the uh pnb uh merdeka 118 tower and complex that's going up um so that that area is quite busy, I would say right now. It maybe in a few years it'll settle back down. But yeah, it's it's quite a good uh, area. It's quite a it's a beautiful. I think it's a very simple, uh, elegant, a very beautiful building. And what is really nice about it is that if you go inside and you look at all the features architecturally. Um, and you look at all the finishes, it's very period. It's very much reflective of this sort of modern, but, you know, coming from a, a modern, but having its roots in sort of Art Nouveau, Art Deco type style. It, it's it's a modern style. They're, they're, it's a modern building. Um, but if you look at the finishes, the mosaics that are in there, the 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 wood and the parquet floors, the kind of, in that hall that you were talking about, you know, the um, the acoustic treatment, which is not modern, I mean, up to today's standards. I imagine it was put in 70 years ago, you know, acoustic soundboards, um, panelling, um, the lighting and ventilation systems that were built into the architecture of the place um, for ventilation, for light, uh, it's, it's great. It it really is, I think, a building worth sort of going and looking at, you know, to, to try to sort of get this feeling of, of, I suppose you could say nostalgia, but not just that. I mean, now you look at, you know, buildings, new buildings and new finishes like mosaics, a new finish. Well, no, mosaics, not a new finish. Mosaics are a finish that went back to the Roman times. I mean, it's a very old finish. But, you know, how a lot of buildings now use sort of more geometric um, mosaic patterns. Well, it, it's all there in Chinwu uh, Stadium and it's been there, you know, for 70 years. So 
of old but yet new contemporary. That was our resident heritage conservation expert, Elizabeth Cardosa, sharing her thoughts and knowledge on the iconic Chinwu Stadium. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa joins me on the show today to talk about Shinwu Stadium, a sports and recreational stadium located on a hill near Pataling Street. We're going to continue our conversation about the stadium by talking about the architect that designed this venue. Um, a Malaysian Chinese architect, his, his name was um, Y.T. Um, Lee. I think the Y is a Yun and the T is a Thin. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And uh, he was active um, in KL in the 50s and 60s. I think he died in the late 70s. Um, and he was a friend of Tunku Abdul Rahman. And he uh, designed several buildings, um, including uh, the Federal Hotel in, in KL. He was responsible for that. He was responsible for the Dewan Bahasa and Pustaka building. You know, these are all the early uh, or buildings associated with Merdeka. Yeah, um, the Amno building uh, from the 1950s that's, that's built out in 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 Ampang, um, of Ampang Road, um, and um, also I think he did the Kampung Baru Mosque, and um, I think later he did the mosque at. Um, University Malaya, when University Malaya moved from Singapore to KL, you know, was 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 located here. Um, it, so he really was responsible for some uh, major uh, buildings that are still in use. Imagine, you know, you know, sometimes architects, you know, build things and and then you know the buildings go out of use or or get changed substantially. But a lot of the buildings that he was associated with actually remain today the same impression, the look of it um, remain uh, today as as they were when, when he first designed them. So, you know, you think about it and you can say, yes, they're all buildings. But actually, because they have weathered the time, they haven't had much change in the facade i suppose you could say that two things happen one is you know people didn't want to spend money on it but the other is actually the design of it is so contemporary or or you know and has been able to rather than being contemporary has been able to transcend different tastes and different times um and i think that that is quite important if you think about dewan bahasa you know not the new wisma uh, Dewan Bahasa, but the old, the original Dewan Bahasa building, which has kind of been eclipsed a bit, and that's down the road from the Chinbu Stadium. Really, uh, that that's that's quite that uses mosaics in terms of its um, the the mural, um, which is the dominant um, you know decorative sort of public art feature that you see um, in 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 that building, and um, really, I think that he he's. In, an important person, I think, for that for that reason. But I mean, I think he passed away in the late seventies, sometime. But was one of you know a, a Malaysia's early breed of architects. What What do you think makes it 
I guess still unique even now. And what 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 led to its I guess str- strong thing power to certain extent the fact that they didn't feel the need to actually do major innovations. I'm sure there must be some maintenance here and there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I you know I think that that you know there have been some you know changes and upgrades and things like that. I'm sure, you know, you have to look at um your facilities and you know updating uh your facilities there. What actually I think I kind of want to say that in a sense, what Chinwu for me um in this Murdekaman represents is there is a story that um, when Tunku was uh, trying to identify a site for this stadium, he wanted to build a stadium for the Declaration of Merdeka, and he wanted it to be a football stadium. And there's a sort of a story behind that. And that relates to you know, why Stadium Merdeka was built and, you know, for the Merdeka Cup and for the football. And he was president of the Football Association and he wanted to get a proper you know, a good proper stadium of good caliber, etc. You know, that's a different. But in his search for a, a location, he went to Chinwu and uh, went up. And uh, whether it was from the clock tower or from the height of Chinwu, looked down at what was then called Coronation Park. Um, and Coronation Park had to do with uh, the coronation of King George and, you know, whatever, whatever. But that that all and he saw people sort of um you know using the area for for recreation uh jogging and you know walking and and just basic being out in the open air and uh, recreation and um and he thought that hey this is an ideal place for stadium Merdeka for this stadium that I want to be built it's on the edge of the city it's really close and yet not in the middle of the city, you don't have to demolish anything. So the link between um, Stadium Merdeka and Chinwu is very strong from just from that perspective alone. You know, imagine Tunku, you know, looking at it and saying, okay, this is where I want to put it. And um, so there are, there are lots of, you know, stories about, and a lot of people who, who have told that story about, you know, the identification of the site. And so that, that stayed in Merdeka, and, um, which was built by and designed by Stanley Jukes. Um, and then was not, uh, I think, born in America, grew up in, you know, I think New Zealand, the UK, ended up uh, back in America before he, he when he passed away um, a few years ago. And um, he also, uh, but he was with PWD, which is our now JKR, right? Um, and um, when he was director of uh, PWD, and his last building project before he left was Stadium Nagara. Now, Stadium Nagara, Stadium Merdeka was the football stadium. It was an open amphitheatre, Earth Bowl, you know, built that way in 22,000-seat um, uh, stadium for football. And uh, then he built um, this indoor uh, stadium, Nagara, uh, you know, which which is nearby um, on a site. Near, and and the story that you you hear, it was what Jukes uh, would would have said about it was, was that it was kind of like his Acropolis, you know, the 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 two spots, you know, you're on a rise, you're right, you're dominant in terms of the city. You have 
the Merdeka Stadium with its the pylons that that it's uh, like you know it's light towers. You know they really um, go up. You know, hundred and forty feet into the sky. You have this tower of um, um, well, you have the Chingbu Stadium. And then you have uh, this, this beautiful um, um, stadium, Nagara, which is this indoor 10,000-seat columnless uh, stadium. And they're all linked as sort of um, what we think about Bukit Jalil. Well, you know, this was this predates it, but you know, it was a complex of three stadiums that supported sporting activities of different kinds. And in the midst of all of this, right next to the city where the majority of the population lived and not far away even from places like Kapung Baru and all of it, you know, Ampang, you know, that, that, that age of the city. Uh, you had um, this Merdeka Park, Coronation Park, Jukes and turned into Merdeka Park. He added a few, you know, uh, things there, which um, the sundial, the umbrella, a lot of people, the bandstand, you know, a lot of people kind of remember and I think um, mourn its loss. Uh, but, but you know, it was there as uh, sort of this open air or open set of different kinds of facilities um, for for recreation and I suppose mental and physical well-being of the population of the city on this little hill called Bukit Katalin, which is surrounded, by the way, by um, lots of schools. You have the Methodist Boys' School, you have the Confucian um, School, um, you have the Davidson Road um, School, and Davidson Road is now called Jalan Hang Jabat, I think it's called. You have Victoria Institution, BI, which is there. Lots of schools. You have um, other kinds of um, youth and and associations and associations which relate to you know you have the YWCA, uh, the Baden Powell House, which which relates to the sports. I mean the the scouting um, people, uh, scouting association group. So you have other uh, institutions, shall we say? You know um, the Olympic Council. You know of Malaysia have their headquarters nearby that you know so and there there are churches and and temples and you know nearby in in the vicinity of um now of course you know you have the al-bukhari mosque you know there and um so you you have a, a sort of a little hill almost which is full of you know social cultural sporting um facilities that invoke a sense of uh, nationalism, I would even say, or, or of, you know, the city and its people and facilities to provide for in this really non-denominational, uh, you know, non-religious way, uh, uh, you know, facilities that allow different people to come together, I think, um, um, and interact with each other. So, you know, great story for Malaysia, actually, you know, in this month of August, September, these months of August, <laughs> September, you know, where we can talk about, you know, the the invoking of, of, of the spirit of Merdeka and the spirit of Malaysia. And I think Chinwu, I'm going to say started it, but Chinwu is certainly part of that story. Correct. I mean, it's the first stadium, like you said, right, that was built there? 
on that, yes, of the three that were there, yes, that was the first. So that's 19, completed in 1953. And then uh, Stadium Merdeka completed 1957. And um, Stadium Nagara completed in 1962. Or was it 63? I think 62. You know, so in a period of one decade, if you think about it, KL had this complex of three uh, sporting activities, you know, sport sporting facilities, which allowed its population, its citizens to, to enjoy both at local levels, but also at national and international levels, if you think about it your sporting event that you went to see, you know, your, your, your wrestling event, you know, it's, 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 it has an international reach, you know, um, uh, you, you think about, you know, international boxing matches and concerts and all of that, you know, that, that all has taken place. And I think that that kind of story and use of the place, you know, has continued in, you know, and continues to today, I think, to, to a certain extent. Yeah. When all the three stadiums um are there, would there ever any attempt at I guess labeling it as a sports complex? Just like how I think Bukit Jalil is now known, you know? Like how like caught- I don't know that yeah. I mean that would be really good, wouldn't it? I mean, imagine taking the three as an ensemble and and coming up with a plan that celebrates, you know, all all the three sporting facilities together with the myriad of other sort of like I say the you know the boy scouts so you know Baden Powell House and the YMs the YWCA and you know um Olympic Council and the, I think the basketball association has its uh you know has its building there as well and you have that kind of a thing with schools and but now you have um quite a large edifice coming up uh in the middle of of the area, uh, which dominates um, physically, certainly dominates the landscape, um, and you can see it from all parts of KL. And so these places which had its due, the character, I think, of the place will change and is changing quite dramatically. But I still think that the story of the three stadium is a great story, you know, for for the city, for its people, for its communities, different kinds of communities. And unfortunately, um, Stadium Radeka and Stadium Nagara are less in use. But, you know, the thing about the Chinwu Stadium, which is what is fantastic about it, is that, you know, it just it continues to be used. It continues. If you go there, it's it's actually really quite active. Um Oh, you know, swimming pool is still used. It, it, it has a diving um, platform, in 10 meter diving platform. Uh, you should try and find it next time you're there. Um, you know, a lot of people in those days, you know, learned how to scuba dive, you know, in that, in that pool there. I mean, did training in, in that pool there. And like I said, it was, you know, a 50 meter length pool. It was an Olympic um, sized pool. It really provided facilities. Um, for for this small burgeoning but capital city, and I think that that is something that we should remember. But as a complex of three, I don't think that the story has really ever been told that way to relate how the three are tied in to also Jukes's vision 
of it being this acropolis, you know, of sports um, for for Kuala Lumpur. Um, and I think that that part of the story still has legs if one wants to, if the city wants to do something about it. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and this week our resident heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa shared some stories about Chinwu Stadium. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also find this podcast and many more on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Stay safe and join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.